This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz. I'm your host. And on the phone with me, Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. How are you? I am doing great. This is the perfect time of the year. And I just love doing this show. I've got a a topic to start with. I kind of lucked out today because I was uh, at my desk trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to talk about? And uh, there was a big story this week about a, a woman suing Disney World over a, a wedgie she uh, received on a water slide. Uh, and I looked up the story. I don't want to do that story, even though I just mentioned it. I, I don't want to do that story. So I was scratching my I can't head. Ima- I can't imagine why. You know, a wedgie story well, is so heartwarming. I, I thought there might be some wedgie awareness or um, <laughs> maybe uh, self awareness. Like if you get on a water slide, you know, make sure you right. know all the risks. No matter if it's a water slide or, or just walking through the mall, understand the risks, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, have an escape plan to avoid injury and or litigation lawsuits downriver. Uh, but apparently, she, she was very uh, injured during this uh, wedgie. So Well, and uh, you don't want to make fun of a legitimate injury. No. But you and I know that the word wedgie does kind of invite comedic overtone. Well, it got a lot of publicity uh, over the last week, and it was because of what you just said, because, you know, there's a, we- there's a wedgie lawsuit. And I think your first uh, reaction is to make fun of that. But uh, when you really look at the details of this case, it's kind of uh, you don't want to make fun of this. I mean, there, no. I believe she she did get injured uh, and and they're seeking compensation. So uh, anyway, so I didn't want to do that story. And there we just did it. So I'm thinking, OK, what else can we talk about? And I, I thought, OK, well, maybe I can incorporate what I'm doing today later this afternoon, on the day of the taping of this broadcast, I'm going to the dentist. Ah! How fun is that? (laughs) There you go. There's nothing more enjoyable than a visit to your local dentist. I love the dentist. And I thought, okay, well, you know, we can do some dental hygiene tips and uh, a, a few more clicks of research. Jay, you won't believe the serendipity. October is Dental Hygiene Awareness Month. See, I had no idea. So, we begin the show with uh, everybody celebrates. You know, I know Halloween's kind of popular this time of year, but I think Dental Hygiene Awareness Month is outpacing Halloween as far as October holidays go. And today, later today, I'll be uh, leaning back in the chair with some chisels in my mouth, uh, having some plaque removed and getting the... Uh, uh, the flossing and and the uh, you know the toothpaste that they put on it's almost like paint it's like a coat of paint. Oh yes, <laughs> that's toothpaste. Oh yeah. And uh, you know the CDC website cdc.gov has a, a slash oral health page and they've got some best practices for good oral uh, oral hygiene. And you won't believe the uh, the first tip is brush your teeth. I had no idea. Yeah. That's this is very new to me. Yeah, brush your teeth. Now they do say brush your teeth thoroughly twice a day and floss that's daily. That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. Uh, so I, you know, I I do brush my teeth daily, twice a day. I, I'm ashamed to admit, not twice a day every day. Uh, you know, sometimes ah. at the end of the day when you're just ready to collapse, that's just another. 
there's just another, I guess, um, that's a huge amount of energy that I don't have to walk into the bathroom and do that for the second time. Well, and I don't think you're the only one. And that's what I think the underscore of this month is. It's kind of easy sometimes to make your teeth the second or third or fourth consideration. So maybe after you know doing these topics, I like to incorporate what we talk about in my own life. I'm going to challenge myself to uh, at least more than half of the week. That's four days out of, out of the week. I'm going to brush my teeth that second time. Um, and I, I know there's some people listening right now that are like grossed out that I just admitted that I don't <laughs> brush my teeth a second time every single day of my life. I'm going to go for four or five times a week to get that second brush in before I go to bed. Visit your dentist at least once a year. And I go twice a year. How often do you go, Jay? I go twice a year. And, you know, during the pandemic uh, period, a lot of people had kind of avoided visiting their dentist. So I think it's a good time to sort of reaffirm yourself for two visits a year, but at least once a year for sure. At least once a year. And I will tell you, uh, I don't recall exactly what age I was, but there was uh, definitely in my 20s, there was a period. You know, post college, pre 30s, where I went, I'm going to say four, maybe five years without going to the dentist. Oh. And that is stressful because you just start thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing to myself? And you're afraid to book that first appointment back. You're afraid to go because you're afraid of the bad news. Yeah. And uh, when I went back to the dentist, after about a five-year period where I thought for sure they were going to say, you have so many cavities, we need to pull all of your teeth. You're going to have false teeth for the rest of your life. Thankfully, I didn't have one cavity. So, oh, that was good. You know, yeah. I did. You know, I did brush and floss through those years. It's not like I just completely stopped brushing my teeth. <laughs> that I was, would be, uh, yes, that I, would be a story that shouldn't be told on these airwaves. No, I was just a twenty-year-old bachelor, and uh, you know, making a dental appointment wasn't the first thing on on a twenty-five-year-old bachelor male's list of things to do. Um, I do have friends uh, that have similar stories. Uh, I have a good friend who, in his 30s, uh, between jobs, between health care, between dental plans, he went seven or eight years without going to wow. the dentist. And I guess the, uh, the advice or the point is, from this point of the discussion, is that uh, if you haven't gone in a while, do not be afraid to book that appointment. Just get it done. You know, bite your lip. Go. The worst thing that can happen is uh, there's some cavities. The best thing that can happen is you get the peace of mind that now you're back on schedule and you go see the dentist at least once a year. So, have you ever had a period in your life where you didn't go to the dentist for, well, discounting the COVID year, of course? Well, I think uh, it's exactly what you said. You know, we got so acquainted in the broadcasting world. If you had a good job, you had dental insurance. And then there'd be times sometimes you'd be changing jobs or, you know, the new employer didn't have dental insurance. So there'd be like, like you said, those two and three year lapses. And they're very stress inducing because you're right. You're going to you think you're going to sit in that chair and hear the worst news possible. But, yeah, absolutely. So I've had some lapses in there, some probably thankfully only some two year lapses here and there. Well, with the dental uh, insurance that you're talking about, I, I remember um, 
early on in my career, uh, someone at the company advising me that if if you didn't want to take the dental insurance plan, it's not the end of the world because a, a trip to the dentist is usually just a few hundred dollars. So either you're going to pay a few bucks a month for dental insurance, or just out of pocket, you write a check or put it on a credit card for a couple hundred bucks, and and you're set. So it's not yep. like it's uh, when you're talking health insurance and major monetary investments in your health. Uh, going to see the dentist once a year isn't isn't that expensive when you really look at, at the cost of health insurance. Um, and you may touch on this as well, but uh, many people are not up to speed that your dental health can really affect your general overall health, including your heart health, to a great degree. That is uh, amazing you just said that, because the the final thing I wanted to touch on here with the CDC.gov tips for healthy dental hygiene is do not use any tobacco products. And if you smoke, quit. So, not only are the cigarettes detrimental to your your heart health uh, and your overall health, but they're uh, bad for your teeth too. So the whole, you know what? The knee bone's connected to the thigh bone. It's all yeah. connected. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So good health in all areas helps with good health. Happy Dental Hygiene Awareness Month uh, this October. And uh, I'll wrap up the conversation by uh, talking about uh, yellow teeth. Uh, it's a ama- you know, I'm a movie guy and I love to watch movies. Uh, it is so funny to watch like a hit movie from the 80s and 90s, early 90s, before teeth whitening really became popular. Yes. And I just watched uh, a movie this week in the uh, spirit of Halloween. We watched The Devil's Advocate, which is kind of a thriller, uh, spooky. I love that movie. Yeah. It's a, a trial, jury, lawyer, spooky, uh, mystery. Um, I, it's not a horror film by any stretch, but, uh, there, you know, it counts as, to me, it counts as a Halloween flick. And uh, Keanu Reeves, Al Pacino, and there are some scenes where Al Pacino smiles, and his teeth look like corn pops. They are so yellow. (laughs) Pre-whitening, absolutely. Pre-teeth whitening. It happened uh, also over the summer. We went and saw uh, Indiana Jones Part 17, The the Dial of Destiny, and uh, they brought back an original character from the first movie. And I can't recall his name or even his character's name, but uh, he was in the first movie. They bring him back for this one, and he hasn't. I don't think he was in the other four uh, or the, the the other three sequels. And so it's kind of a big deal that they brought this character back. And his teeth in this movie were glaring, glaringly white. Like I remember saying to Melissa, "Look how white his teeth are," because it was on a big screen too in the movie theater. <laughs> yes. And then we went home and watched part one. And his teeth are so—they're almost brown. They're so yellow. So, ah. think you know—he might have undergone dental surgery. He might have all new veneers and/or false teeth. But those suckers are white, and it's just funny to see the yellow teeth from the Hollywood stars of the uh, end of the last century. Have you ever had your teeth whitened? I have not, but as you know, uh, teeth whitening is a very big part of the dental business right now. It is. I've I've done it uh, once. I didn't like have some giant, uh, you know, million dollar procedure. It was just some sort of I think it was uh, the tray, you get the tray, you put put the stuff in the tray and you just bite down on it like a mouth guard almost from from your football face mask. 
Uh, and it did seem to help. I think it. I think it helped. It was a while ago, so I think I need to redo it. I'm starting to look look like Al Pacino in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, you you might not have to worry about how much uh, a dental bill might cost if you hit the new Powerball. I don't All know if right. you saw this. What's it up to? Powerball jackpot is now up to an estimated one point four billion dollars that's uh that's quite a bit i i guess i just get amazed these national lotteries can climb so high and then you and i know that the weeks before somebody finally hits that big final number they grow so rapidly because people start playing aggressively you know once it gets over you know, 500 million, you know, all bets are off. Literally, people just go banana land for these big lotteries. I've always found it interesting that, uh, you know, like you said, people go nuts for it. And, and when it gets to be about a billion dollars, that's when everybody goes to the convenience store or their local uh, lottery location to get their tickets. And when the jackpot is 300 million, people are like, eh, oh, I'm, yeah. you know, eh, it's a meh. I'm like three hundred million. I, it, when it's ten million, people should be going nuts to try to win ten million dollars. Oh my goodness! Well, and that's what's happened in the lottery world. A number of states have what they call their state lottery, and for many of those states, a standard lottery prize might be thirty or forty million. You and I know that's plenty of cash. However, it pales compared to the one point four billion dollar. Powerball jackpot that will be drawn on uh, Saturday night. So this show, uh, when it's running, there may be a new winner lurking about. I know it's hard to not be a little uh, upset at that quote, one guy that bought that one ticket in a town you've never heard of in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. how that goes. So, and there's a chance that uh, if if this if the winning ticket is me. Then this is the very last show that you will ever hear. <laughs> well, we've always chatted about that. After you win that little piece of paper that you would have just thrown away or, you know, whatever, now all of a sudden it's worth a billion dollars. What would you even do with it? I mean, you know, you put it in your freezer, you put it in your sock drawer. You, it's like, oh my goodness. And then, of course, you need to get a team of advisors. I mean, there's a lot to this. So, Yes, good luck if you're playing uh, Powerball or your state lottery. But yeah, it's amazing when the lottery prizes get over one billion with a B. Now there's probably a, a one lump cash uh, payment of around seven hundred million dollars that you'd get if you if sure. you won that. Jay, would the question is, would you step forward as the winner, or would <laughs> or would you have uh, a, a legal team? step forward in your name so that no one knew it was you? Well, I would love to say that I would just step forward and be fearless and say, hey, I won the prize. It is what it is. You know, moving forward, I'm just going to live my life. But you and I have heard so many stories from doing this show of people's lives who were really upended. Uh, I've heard the story that Everyone that you've ever possibly met ever in your life will contact you. You'll hear every crazy story about uh, some guy invented something and you need to invest. And I, I've just gathered that this large of a prize 
could probably do more harm to your life than good for your life. Even if you wanted to be philanthropic, even if you wanted to just be the average everyday guy, that type of prize, as you said, uh, you take the 700 million lump sum. That's an insane amount of money. That's that's you know, I mean, you and I know that uh, if you won $50,000, your life would change. For this sure. This is exponentially so much more that you, you can't even wrap your mind around it, really, I don't think. I, I think I'd, I'd go the anonymous route. I would hire uh, a legal team to step forward and uh, cre- I don't know if you create some LL or what so to keep your name out of it but yeah I, I'm I'm way too paranoid to walk down the street knowing there are people out there that would find out that I had 700 million dollars I, I think I'd be mugged in a heartbeat <laughs> oh yeah and if you've ever said to yourself there's any kind of toy on the planet you'd always wanted anything from a rocket ship to a sports car to an expensive watch or a vacation villa somewhere you would say yeah there's no problem i can now afford that but there's a lot of hoops you'd have to jump through you know how that goes you show up at a ferrari dealership and you go hey do you take cash (laughs) (laughs) oh that'd be a great problem Here's a story. It's a great that's, problem uh, to have. Absolutely. Here's a story that's emerged this week that I think is kind of interesting. What happens if you take the biggest sporting event, arguably not only in America, but maybe North America and part of the world, and then you combine that with the biggest pop star in North America and arguably the world, what do you get? Well, Travis Kelsey says the NFL is, quote, overdoing it with his relationship with taylor swift have you seen some of the fallout from you know, this I, i'm not aware uh of what's happening um a who's taylor swift b what is going on with the nfl <laughs> I, I was not aware of this it's funny that you would say that well travis kelsey an incredibly popular player he's one of the kansas city chiefs so yes you've seen him in the super bowl and the kelsey name is quite famous taylor swift the biggest pop star in America, they decide, hey, we kind of like each other, so let's date. Taylor Swift starts appearing at Travis Kelsey's game uh, in the NFL stadium. The last time, and I think they were playing the Jets, I'd have to double check, or they were at home with Kansas City, but somebody uh, in on ESPN reported that they cut away from the field 27 times to show you the owner's booth where Taylor Swift was hanging out because her man Travis Kelsey plays in the NFL. Yeah, there is some some backlash because the uh, you know the true football fan just wants to watch the game and he yeah. doesn't care who's in the the owner's suite and uh, moreover doesn't care if it's Taylor Swift or not. So just you know, every time they show her is uh, some analysis they could be doing on the last play or a replay Absolutely. or they could be, uh, anything but that. So they're getting some backlash from that. And I even read uh, this week that uh, the NFL, the conspiracy theories are flying because oh, of. See, I, I haven't seen that. Part oh, of there's it. conspiracy theories because the last week's game, the Chiefs beat. Uh, was it the Jets? You said the Jets. Yeah, I think and, the Jets, yes. And there was uh, you know, uh one of those plays when you, you could say this is the, the the play of the game, the game that sealed the victory. I'm sorry, the play that sealed the victory for 
Kansas City, uh, or at least was the final nail in the coffin. There was no way the Jets were going to have a chance to win this game if this play didn't happen. There was a uh, Patrick Mahomes third down and twelve, and he, you know, maybe it was third down and fifty. It was long. And he drops back to pass, he scrambles, and he gets the first down. He runs like 28, 35 yards, something like that, and gets the first down. And uh, everybody, for the next three days after that, uh, even Chiefs fans, were commenting about the hold call that the referees missed on the offensive line. So the, uh, it, it, was the, so, it was so blatant that the defender that was getting held like couldn't move his arm because he was being held so he took his other arm and was like making the throw a flag motion so yeah. so if the refs miss the hold there's no way they can miss a 6 foot 5 guy asking for a penalty flag and so they missed the call of course it would have been uh, you know fourth down and they would have punted and the jets might have had a chance to do something but uh, the conspiracy theories are out that the NFL is on board to make this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift romance the story of the century, and that that would include the Chiefs with a deep playoff run, if not Super Bowl victories. And what happens if those two nut bars break up? <laughs> Who knows? Oh my goodness! But yeah, so I just had to include that today because that is pop culture uh, at its finest, and it just keeps coming. It uh, is now. Hold on, before you move on to the next, uh, we let's do. Let's say this just to just to bring this pop culture conversation, this phenomenon, the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift conversation. It's nuts. Did you see the viral uh, videos of people? Women did it first where they would record their husband on video uh, without the husband knowing, and they'd say something like, Taylor Swift has put Travis Kelsey on the map. Before this, no one knew who Travis Kelsey was. And the husband's reactions were just like, oh, you're nuts! He's an all-pro! He was a Super Bowl champion! He's one of the greatest athletes! And so it's just fun. And then uh, a few days later, it went the reverse. Husbands would tape their wives and they'd say, you know, before this hoopla, no one knew who Taylor Swift was. (laughs) And the the wives would go crazy. So uh, I I just wanted to put a bow on this conversation by saying, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift both have wonderful foundations and do a lot for charity. And if you're so inclined, you can do an online search to find out how you can learn more and give to their foundations. Thank you. See, that's good news. Absolutely. Uh, We always talk about companies that want to sidestep any type of controversy, and we're always glad of that because we've got enough controversy going on. Apple TV uh, famously owned the Charlie Brown specials and Apple TV plus is a streaming service to acquire the programming on Apple plus you had to buy uh, a subscription. Well, of course, everyone was saying we're going to miss our Charlie Brown specials, which are such a big part of Americana. And they are Apple plus said that the streaming service will give everyone, including people who aren't subscribed to Apple TV Plus, access to three Charlie Brown holiday specials. That's a great idea. I think so, too. You're going to get a chance to see It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and a Charlie Brown Christmas will all be available on Apple TV Plus. Uh, The free streaming begins on October 21st. 
then again on November 18th, and then December 16th to cover those three specials. Because, of course, they'll release them close to the holidays that they represent. But you and I know, Adam, we've grown up in an era where every you know, every Halloween we look forward to, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. You know, the way television and streaming media has changed over the years, some of the family traditions, um, you know, I'm sure it spawned some new family traditions, uh, but some of the, when I think when I was a kid and we used to watch the the Charlie Brown um, Halloween special, you know, I think about over Easter, we would watch, it was the only time you could watch The Wizard of Oz, is when they'd, they'd show The Wizard of Oz on network television uh, Easter night, that Sunday night. Uh, all the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer shows, those animated claymation shows during Christmas season, uh, those were just some great traditional memories I have, and it's completely changed with streaming. Uh, maybe for the better, you could argue, look, at any time you can get on a streaming platform and watch uh, every single Christmas movie that's ever been made through the month of December with your family. So it's good to hear that uh, there's still going to be access to see these Charlie Brown holiday specials. Well, and you know, this is something that you and I have talked about on this show. A lot of times you don't realize that these pop culture icons are owned via licensing companies. And if you don't realize that Charlie Brown as an entity is owned by someone just much in the same way that Marvel comics. And then what is the other com? I know the Marvel, I understand Marvel comics, but what is the competing comics company? That is DC comics, DC comics. And as you well know, you need to know like which superhero is in which camp because they have a licensing agreement with someone to show the uh, proper content. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Lindsey Buckingham will finish this strong. This is a uh, another fundraiser. Will Ferrell, the famous comedian, has created a, uh, a night called The Best Night of Your Life. It's going to be October 21st at the Greek Theater. The show raises money for Cancer for College. And they put together an all-star band uh, led by Mike McCready of Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. So, Lindsey Buckingham has just joined the lineup. And uh, the band also features Beck, St. Vincent, and a guy I am not as familiar with as I should be, a guy named Stefan Lassard of the Dave Matthews Band. Well, I certainly know the band. Uh, he's got about fifty members in the band, so and they're all world class musicians. <laughs> so Stefan must play a mean ukulele or a harmonica or something. He must be really, really, really good. But I thought that that was great. Uh, the Greek Theater in Los Angeles with Will Ferrell's "Best Night of Your Life," and then I realized now we have a little bit of extra time that I did not account for. So I will tell you, I had been saving this note for you. And I'm hoping that you're sitting down, Adam, because I know how much you love Queen's movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. One of my favorites. It's one of the biggest biopics of all time. But however, it's no longer the biggest biopic. It was succeeded by the film Oppenheimer. So Freddie Mercury uh, has to make way for a physicist uh, as Oppenheimer is about the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was an American theoretical physicist during World War II. That is now officially the biggest biopic. That film brought in $912 million. 
I only saw Oppenheimer once in theaters. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, 47 times in theaters. Yes. And uh, while Oppenheimer was better at physics, uh, Freddie Mercury had more vocal range. I think so. And I think most of the people that went to go see the greatest concert ever enjoyed Freddie. They probably wouldn't have enjoyed Oppenheimer as much. We need to do a little bit of a Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation between Freddie Mercury and Jay Oppenheimer. They, they, yes. They probably, at some point, were in the same room, or at least in the same five-mile radius at some point during both of their lives. They were both on the same train at the same time. At some point, something. Uh, did you see Oppenheimer? I did, and it was pretty amazing. And somebody pointed out that, you know, uh, they didn't know how popular it might be, but it was uh, a film about a gentleman who was richly deep into science and almost three hours long, and people seem to enjoy it. And I, I would have to agree with that. I, I think my favorite uh, part of the movie is just how it touched. When you think of Albert Einstein, he's such a, a, a legendary figure in, in the human race, in the history of the human race. You just, you just compartmentalize Albert Einstein as just being his own planet. Uh, you, don't, I, you don't do the, the human connection between when he was alive and who he knew. So it was in, very interesting to me that Oppenheimer and Albert Einstein were pals, and they hung out and they had yes. conversations. I mean, that that was so cool to see because it would just be great to be on a fly, a fly on the wall and actually see those conversations. All right, Jay well, Baker, I appreciate uh, everything you do for the show and for public affairs. And uh, on behalf of uh, Mr. Oppenheimer, Mr. Mercury, and the rest of the Adam Rich Show staff, we thank our listeners for joining us. You can hear this show in podcast form or any of our past shows uh, on the website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.